0: Welcome to the Senior Living 411 series. The information shared in this show is for general informational purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. Welcome to the Senior Living 411 series. Tonight's topic is the 411 on financial, sorry, just one quick second here, on financial planning for the what ifs. So November is fall prevention month. And for the month of November, we have been covering a variety of topics relating to fall prevention. We've discussed home healthcare, stair lifts, home modifications, and so much more. But how do you pay for all of this if the what if happens? My first piece of advice is don't wait until it happens. Integrate elder care into your financial planning or pay the price. People plan for retirement to live how they wanna live in their silver years. But have you thought about including elder care in those plans? Most have not. And when reality sets in, people are shocked at the cost. As we near the end of the month, I felt that it was relevant to discuss the 411 on financial planning for the what ifs. Tonight, I have a returning guest with me. He's one of my original guests back in 2018 when I first started this show. His name is Mr. Zamal White. And Zamal, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Say hello hey, to hi, everyone. Hi, yes. hi
1: everybody, Hi, you there? Hi, uh, awesome. I'm so happy to be here
0: again. Awesome. So Zamal has worked with RBC for the past 23 years in various positions. However, he spent the past 16 years as a financial planner, and two months ago, he made the decision to move to BMO. When he's not managing portfolios, Zamal enjoys spending time with his beautiful wife of 18 years, Sadeen, and their amazing daughter, Zoe, who is 10 years old. Zamal is a Christian by faith, and currently he attends Kingdom Covenant Ministries, where he serves on the board of directors, as well as being an associate pastor in the youth and young adult ministries. He also serves on the board of the Reach Out Center for Kids, which is an organization that advocates for children's mental health in Ontario. And he's also a member of the Rotary Club of Mississauga Dixie, where he currently serves as the membership chair. As for me, My name is Desiree King and I'm a senior home safety advisor here in Ontario. As always, if you haven't been to the show before, I've got to share my story with you. So the first question I'm often asked when I deliver seminars like this is, you know, what do you care or what do you know about aging and you look so young? And my response (laughs) is quite honestly that it's my passion. Now I'm going to date myself here, so don't try to calculate my age, but when I was 14, I worked as a candy striper. Now, a Candy Shepherd, if you remember way back then, we wore a red and white outfit, we went around the hospitals and we, we served in some kind of capacity. In my case, I delivered books on the geriatric floor. And I firmly believe that is where it all began for me. I would deliver these books and have some wonderful conversations with the seniors who I was delivering these books to. And I grew to love it. I then went on to work as a dietary aide in the geriatric ward in many hospitals throughout Scarborough, And throughout my high school years, I did this. And then I've worked in or owned several senior-related businesses. Now, most recently, I was a realtor for the past six years who specialized in working with the 55-plus demographic. And I've taken a slew of courses in aging in place, downsizing, retirement living options, and dementia care. I've also worked as a client care coordinator in one of the leading home health care companies in North America. And I must admit that during my time spent as a realtor, I've always felt a pull more towards the educating and serving side of the business, more so than the real estate side. So at the beginning of 2020, I knew that something in my life was about to change. I knew that my calling was greater than my career. Little did I know that we would hit a pandemic called coronavirus and no one knew this. So over the past seven months, coronavirus has killed roughly 9,822 Canadians and 81% of these deaths are linked to long-term care homes. Now, health officials have studied the need for rigorous visitor and resident care protocols and precautions in these facilities. However, I believe that the solution is on our hands. We as a people, as the future elderly population of this country, have to make some decisions as well. And I firmly believe that we as Canadians need to change our method of thinking and caring for the elderly. One possible solution is that we honor the wishes of our elderly members of society and better enable them to stay in their homes by doing what places like Scotland has done and pouring money into home modifications and home healthcare as opposed to hospital funding. So over the past two months, I sat at home listening to the news and watching the number of deaths occur with our seniors. I realized I wanted to do more than I was already doing. I realized that being a realtor did not align with my desire to have a greater impact on the lives of seniors. There's an ancient Greek physician named Hippocrates and he once said, drastic times call for drastic measures. My drastic measure took the form of me officially resigning from real estate and turning my attention to my one thing, which is senior home safety. So while many seniors wanna stay at home safely, the fact is their homes are not equipped to do so. And the statistics I'm about to show you will show you just that. So in preparation for what I will see, I see will be a shift in the mindset of seniors, their adult children and society on the whole, my main objective is to assist families in figuring out what is wrong in the homes of themselves or their loved ones and what needs to be addressed in order to allow and enable our seniors to be safe in their own home. My vision remains steadfast to educate, equipped, ensure, empower, and elevate seniors and their families throughout the entire aging in place process, arming them with top notch information and access to other like-minded qualified providers. So why is fall prevention so important? Why is there a whole month dedicated towards fall prevention? I'm gonna give you four reasons tonight. The number one reason is falls are common. Falls are the leading cause of fatal and non-fatal injuries in older Canadians. As a matter of fact, one in four older Canadian falls each year. Every 11 seconds, an older adult is treated in the emergency room for a fall. And every 19 minutes, an older adult dies from a fall. So this this interview tonight is gonna be about 40 minutes long. By the end of that interview, just think about it. Approximately two seniors will have died from a fall. The second reason is falls can cause serious injuries. Falls result in injuries such as hip fractures, broken bones, and head injuries. In fact, more than 2.8 million older adults are treated in hospital emergency departments annually because of a fall. And this results in over 800,000 hospitalizations. The third reason is falls are costly the average hospital cost for fall related injury is over thirty thousand dollars falls with or without injury carry a heavy burden on the quality of life and after a fall many older adults develop a fear of falling and as a result they limit their activities and social engagements fear of falling can result in further physical decline depression social isolation, and feelings of helplessness. And the last reason is falls impact caregivers too. Research has shown that after a care recipient's first fall, caregivers report a significant increase in caregiver burden, fear of falling, and depression. Research has also shown that the toll on the family caregiver's health appears to increase over time. If you can prevent a fall, Whether it is you as the caregiver or the person you're caring for, you can save time, stress, and money. Ever wonder what your future will look like in 10, 20, or 30 years? Or what would happen to your retirement savings if you bought that wonderful vacation home instead of waiting? Everyone seems to focus their their attention on investment management. However, it is the ongoing relationship between your investments and planning for the future where the real magic happens. Financial planning is a lifelong process where you manage your entire financial picture in order to achieve your financial goals. Basically, when it gets down to it, the core financial planning is goal planning. There are a lot of subtopics that should be covered as part of this process. However, tonight's discussion will focus on planning for all the what ifs and when whens that happen whens that can happen in life planned unplanned and emergencies this can include healthcare long term care and successful aging all of which are the what ifs so Let's get to the 411 and have a discussion with Jamal right now. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen.
1: Let's Jamal, do. It. I
0: hope you enjoyed that introduction. You got an oh, introduction. Wow,
1: there. that was I was getting excited. I love how you did that. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's um, just one or two things, but there's several tenants in financial planning. So I really appreciate that 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 graphic there and the explanation that was
0: awesome great that's great so what i want you to share with me before we jump into this is mm-hmm. tell me how you got into this how what what was your path that right. led you into your wonderful career
1: wow good question
0: thanks Des. um you know what
1: it was interesting um i'm originally from jamaica i came here actually my parents still live there i only came for university so our uh, grandma used to live here she came up in the in the late sixties. So uh, my brother, and myself, we used to visit in the eighties, you know, when we were of age, but it was only really those last two weeks of um, August. Uh, it was really just for the CNE, right? <laughs> so, you know, those, those are the good days, you know? So we used to come up all the time every year. And uh, so when it was time to finish high school in Jamaica, I did both um, um, O and A levels in Jamaica, which are the exams that we take there. Uh, my dad had uh, the vision to say, if we wanted to go to school, University in of, you know, we had that ability. He was going to set that up. So I came to do that. So came, uh, went to to McMaster University in Hamilton, good school, go Marauders. And, you know, and um, when I started my the very next year, you know, I had an opportunity to get a summer job because I was going to do some summer school. And I got a job through Jobs and Chair Youth, you know, one of those youth programs uh, with the R with Royal Bank. It was just a teller position. Uh, So I was very fortunate throughout my entire university, um, you know, career, I actually was able to be a teller, you know, at a a bank close by the the university there in Westdale. And that worked out great for me. And so when it was time to go back home now, I finished school, um, Royal Bank offered me a position to be a personal banker. So it wasn't too hard of a decision. You know, you just finish school, you need a job, you know, so I was going to go home and try and find a job. And I was like, okay, well. I can get a job if I have a job here and they're offering me I'll oh, just try this banking thing. So that was way back many moons ago too you know don't try and calculate <laughs> but, <laughs> you go try um, no calculations here That's right no calculations <laughs> here but um, so I took the job you know just thinking you know this this was you know just to right out. and um, yeah, I started as a personal banker that was great you know and once my brother who was like three years behind me finished university you know we decided to, to purchase a home together. And uh, when and that's where I sort of started to decide after about two or three years of uh, personal banking where you do both credit and investing, you decide sort of which one you like better. And I really liked the investment conversation. So, you know, so then you started to think, okay, well, what, what sort of uh, jobs are best suited in that particular vein? you know? So, and, that, and then I like I, I came upon financial planning. So I sort of backed into it, if you will. Uh, you know, I became a planner in that uh, 2004 with RBC and um, and to, you know, as you shared in the introduction, I did that for the last 16 years. So you know I have to be with RBC for about, about eight or so years before that. So it was great, you know, like uh, financial plan is awesome. You know, really, like I mentioned, it's, it's not just, you know, the sales of, you know, RSPs and and, and, and investment, but it's really a, you know, a holistic view to, to, to helping people reach their goals. And, you know, there's so many different life stages and, you know, that's why I really love you know, you know, our, 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 our business relationship with the guys to what you do, because, you know, the big part of it right now is, our, you know, retirement is like a career, you know, yes. so you work, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, and now you retire. And, you know, because of technology and medicine, people are living 20, 30, 40 years. So you need to be able to have some money to live and have, you know, have the wherewithal to, to provide for yourself. So, so it's becoming more and more important. And especially here in Canada, because of yes. the baby boomers mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, so, you know, we're just not a touch part of that, but we see the demographic is such that uh, there's going to be a lot of more people that are going to need, you know, a lot of the things that you do and, um, and, and I do and, and so many okay. things to try and help uh, seniors um, just have that yeah, yeah. quality of life that they deserve.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, I was reading an article the other day and statistically never has there ever been a time in history when the number of seniors outnumber the number of young people. Yeah. So yeah,
1: that's exactly what's what ha- happening. Yeah, that's definitely what's happening here in Canada. And um, you know, it's great that we have you know immigrants coming and such. But the stats are the stats are such that you're right. Like you know they, you know, the baby boomers is really a bigger number than they saw coming. So yeah, so that's that was my sort of inroads into financial planning. I really love the conversations and. And um and having the ability to just help people achieve those those goals, right? You know, so you come in, you know, you, you know that there, you know, there's going to come a time where you're going to retire. You're going to need to have the money that you worked hard for now work yeah. for you for your, you know, for that period of time. So, um, that's that's the, that's that's the main reason why I got
0: involved with it. Exactly. And before we delve into the meat and potatoes, like I like to call it, you've been uh-huh. in this industry for such a long time. Uh, I would actually would you say this is your calling Is this your calling you know
1: it's interesting i heard you speak about yours and i had i smiled in my mind i was like you know what that's that's when you sort of you know are able to identify with that right you know when you just feel that comfortable i really believe that um a big part of of my calling if you will has to do with you know helping people navigate you know the you know the, the the financial planning realm as it relates to you know them achieving goals and even you know, and, and and having new goals and seeing how they can afford those. So yes, I'd say it's definitely a part of a part of my calling for sure.
0: Okay. And with that being said, um what brings you the most joy in the work that you do?
1: Mm, great question. You know, the, the 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 thing that really gets it for me because you know, again, I think a lot of people are very hesitant when it comes to their finances. It's a very personal thing, you know, you know, it's 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 really it's really seeing that light at the end of the tunnel that you know when people sort of you know oh yes don't no, understand you know like when you're able to sort of meet them where they are you know and be able to take them you know through through the process and and really have them understand oh how, how no they can use money as a tool because that's what it really is right okay. and you're able to you know you worked hard for it you amassed x amount but now you need to know how to use it with some wisdom so you can um, don't let you don't let your money run out before, you know, before you're ready to leave the earth. So, so when I see people along that line and get to it, you know, and you don't have to know the technical terms, but have a great understanding for their personal situation. That, that really gives me the most Right, right,
0: right. Definitely. So, Zamal, what, at what age should someone start? I mean, like for me, you know, we have our doctor, We have our lawyer, we have our dentist. There are things you need in your toolkit as you go along life. Mm -hmm. I think everyone needs a a therapist as well. Not that anything is necessarily a challenge, but it's good to have somebody that works on your brain as well, whether it be in the church or outside the church. Um, So what is the average age of your clients and what age should someone start having a financial planner involved in their life?
1: Right, you know, it's a great question, Des, because I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, nobody really has the control over, right? You You know, it's just really... When you get it, you get it. So, I mean, you know, ideally, you don't want to start, you know, out of the gun, right? you right. As soon as you start your career, if you're able to have the type of knowledge we're talking about, then, you know, you really want to embrace it at a certain level. But um, there's no there's no wrong age. It's just that earlier, obviously, is better just from because time waits on nobody, as we know, right, you know, but um, the average age for my clients and, you know, you know the clients that i sort of have you sort of think of people as different stages in life you know as it relates to you know working so you you know you're obviously your student and you start to work those early years you get married you start to have some family years then you become sort of like you know eventually you're going to become what's called a wealth accumulator where you know you know when you start like oh your- so, yeah so that's yeah, a nice place to be that normally translates to about you know your your early 50s early okay. still like your mid-60s so that's where you really have gotten over the hump probably in terms of mortgage being smaller than than anything else i know you can really start to amass some so so, so, some some savings you know as long as you're working somewhat yeah it seems to work out well so so generally what you find for financial planning desk is you know and you have obviously the outliers but that's the general meat right there that's the sweet spot for those people who have some disposable income and the more lot of funds you have the more options you can
0: do in terms of trying
1: to trying to get, get some goals if you need. yeah
0: that reminds me of a quote I saw the other day as well. It said, if you want to make a billion, you have to use lose a million. If you want to make a million, you have to be willing to lose thousands, hundreds of oh, thousands. So yes. it, it's that same thing. You have to have money to start really making more impact. The more money you have, the more impact you can make is what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. In- yes. And I mean, and, and and obviously the more time you have to make, the more money you need. So, you know, it really is a, a domino effect, right? So if you can get started right early on at, at 25, then you know, by all means, but, uh, you know, certainly, you know, once you sort of catch on that you need to do something, because that's the first mm-hmm. thing is that personal decision, and then um, and get that to you, and get that coach, yep. you know, and, and, and then off to the races. Okay,
0: so on the flip side, is it ever too late to start planning?
1: Right, no, I mean, it's never too late, I never want to use that term, I mean, you know, again, when you're, you know, probably later in the years, and you want to know, start to look at a plan, the, I think the, the biggest parts of, of, of timing is, is your coachability le- level right you know you, you know how coachable are you you know because at the end of the day like that's going to be the key like you know if you're able to take some good you know wisdom you know and some some instructions then you could still you know more than likely achieve some if not all of your your goals depending on what situation you're coming with at the coachability time because normally it's because of you know that, that thing you know that little word that we call pride you know sometimes you know you know, you might think that you've passed the time, so you're just going to go ahead and do it yourself, and, you know, nobody says it can't work that way, you know, but when we look at the figures that, you know, when you work with a, a professional, it seems like you, you get there faster.
0: Yeah, no, no, that that's definitely true, and for those of you who don't know what coachable means, it means forget what you think you know, and listen. Be willing to take direction. <laughs> think about a player on a team.
1: Yes. That's Coach it. is
0: there to guide you. So, if what about self-employed people? They don't mm. have that employee pension plan or whatever it's called. I'm not quite sure because I'm self-employed. <laughs> yeah, as pension well.
1: is the word. That's most times, or some <laughs> sort of a group benefit plan, right? You know? You yeah. Know?
0: <laughs> so it, isn't it more? It's more challenging for people like me who are self-employed. What if, What type of advice do you give to someone like this? Because it's hard enough trying to figure out how much taxes to put aside each year, and mm. all the other things that come up. You don't have benefits. You got to right. pay for that if you're if you're not two. Self-employed income or a single income. So, what advice do you have for self-employed people generally? Speaking?
1: Yeah, you know, good question. It's 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 tough. I won't lie you that you know certainly it's a it's a tougher road. But uh, but you know certainly through the that mechanism of being self-employed is going to give you some 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 options on a, on how to receive some funds back from the government too. So it's really the the the, the one thing is again, it's portability. Like you know, if you're willing to do what it takes, you know, if you're you know, and, and sometimes. You know, when you get to that self-employed person, you really need to, again, talk to somebody that's probably not just building the business you mm-hmm. know, or has some experiential knowledge of some other streams of income coming in elsewhere so we can actually work with those those streams to, to, to build on them. So, um, but, but a self-employed role is a little more, you know, trickier to navigate, but certainly, you know, it's, you know yeah. we can get them there as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, no, definitely. And you said, um, you mentioned the word tough. It can be tough. And definitely, I guess you're really making yourself vulnerable when you're discussing your finances openly with someone who starts off being a stranger because you're here for a lifeline. You're here for the journey with the person. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you know, life can be tough. And especially during this pandemic, people are living check to check. Right. what's your advice to them do they get a side hustle you know oh, find more ways to make money right it's it's rough right now it it's, really is so so it what really is. i think i think this, yeah it's, it's
1: it's a trickier question i think it really comes down to that, that that person right you know like you know each individual person i mean you have to be i think i think you have to be open to think out of the box if you will like you know because of these situations it's not going to be a cookie cutter answer
0: you know, mm-hmm. you know,
1: so certainly being open to those things, but, but it's also a mindset change too, right? Like you mm-hmm. really have to, 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 to have a mindset where, you know, you know, when, you know, I heard this quote one time too, where, you know, when, when, when challenges or crisis come around, you know, you know, you, you, you can either, you know, see it as what it is, or if your mind's such a way, you can see it as an opportunity, right? And, um, and that's, that's, that's what it's going to probably take you know, to you know, opportunity in terms of opportunities can come as a result of the of the crisis, right? Yep. Yep. As opposed to one thing. So it's really being open to to, to those things, and then and then really being able to keen on them as well too. So not so much looking at what you're dealing with right in front of you, but yep. you know, what are the things that probably could happen out of it?
0: Look, really past, your, look past your current circumstance.
1: Absolutely, that out of the box thinking for sure.
0: As Beyonce says when make lemonade, <laughs> like juice lemon, yeah. make some lemonade. Exactly.
1: Yeah, there you go. Put up a stand, right? Yeah, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> so, okay. You know what? I'm going to share my screen again yeah, right now. Sure. Uh, really we have quickly.
1: this business case, right?
0: We have this business case to examine. So just give me one quick second here. I want to make sure um, I can um. still see you as well. You're okay. somewhere hidden on my screen here. All right. So when we were going through this, you know, we thought it would be a good idea to have a case scenario with some numbers to bring the discussion to life. Part of financial planning for the what ifs is to know exactly how much the what ifs cost. Uh, Statistics show that nearly 90% of people over the age of 65 want to stay in their home for as long as possible. And 80% believe their current residence is where they will always live. For this reason, we decided to narrow down this topic to aging in place. So we hope to give you an idea on how much money you will need to age in place successfully, especially if the what ifs happen. For discussion purposes, we are going to assume that the average, you know, we're taking an average two income family, we're saying they earn about a hundred thousand is what we agreed on. Uh, The average lifespan, statistically speaking, is 86. However, people are living much older. There's a lot of good medications out there and and whatnot, preserving people a lot longer. And also, also, um, we're looking at a couple in their early 40s for this particular case study as well. So I'm going to share some numbers with you, and then Zamal will give us some feedback on this case study. Mm -hmm. All right. So in-home care services. I tell families immediately when I have a discussion, do you have a personal emergency response system? The average price of a personal emergency response system is $30 to $80 a month. For those of you who missed my show on Saturday, yesterday, it was on the 411 and personal emergency response systems. These are devices that if you live on your own or you live in a couple, even if there's a fall or an emergency in the home, it connects you directly with a base where they can send 911 to you. They have a history on what your health conditions may be. They can advocate for you and get help to you as soon as possible. And this actually saves lives. This is a must have in the home. If you're looking at having in-home care, so PSW or a nurse, the average cost is $30 to $60 an hour. Most home care agencies require a three-hour minimum for PSWs. So let's say on average you're getting 15 hours a week in care. And you know what? Sometimes we want as we get older, we want to remain, we want to maintain our independence and we wanna keep pushing and pushing and pushing and doing. Things, But there's a point where it would be nice to have someone come into the home and help with your laundry, help with your cooking, help with your cleaning, help with your errands, different things like that. So I'm saying 15 hours a week. And if you get Lynn, which is government services, say average, they come twice a week. This covers you for seven days a week. So three, um, 15 hours a week is three hours a day for five days. That would run you about 3600 a month. If the case ever came where you needed 24-hour in-home care or living, that's where the price bumps up. You're looking at thirty dollars to $50,000 per year for that, okay? Then we have home modifications, such as a stair lift. If your home has a straight stairs, it literally goes straight up the stairs, no curves, just straight up the stairs. It runs you to, just to the second floor. It runs you from $3,000 to $5,000 a month. If, uh, sorry flat for the price, not a mind flat. If you're looking at a curved stair lift, so just a little curve in that stairs, it's gonna run you 10,000 plus for the stair lift. If you need a stair lift that goes down to your basement as well, that's a curve. So you're looking at anywhere from 10,000, $15,000 or more depending on if you want it continuously from upstairs that goes straight downstairs, whatever you want, that's the price range you're looking at. If we're looking at other home renovations such as renovating your washroom for mobility. A lot of homes just have a bathtub. So, if you want to get the bathtub cut, I saw a commercial the other day where they just cut it so you can step in, it's not as high. That's going to run you $900 to $1,200. Uh, full renovation for the bathroom, average $10,000. If you're renovating the room in the downstairs of your home into a bedroom, because it's just not even feasible sometimes to use the stair lift to go up and there's an existing room in the, in the room downstairs with walls, I would say average a th- under $1,000 because you're just putting up a door really. If there's no existing walls, say roughly $3,000 for the drywall and whatnot to put up. If you're converting your two-piece washroom on the ground floor to a three-piece with a shower, if space permits on the ground floor, you're gonna still spend about $10,000 for that to happen. Uh, installing railings and grab bars. So grab bars throughout the washrooms, those are bars for you to grip onto while you're in the washroom so you don't slip on your toilet. And also along the home, they're quite aesthetically pleasing nowadays for you to walk so you're not gripping on the slippery wall. It's gonna cost you about 700 to $1,200. Extra lighting, I'm talking about um, motion lighting, motion sensor lighting, even lighting on the steps, closet lighting, just different types of lighting throughout the home because the brighter the better, it's running you about a thousand dollars. If you need to widen your doorways and hallways and whatnot to increase floor space to accommodate wheelchairs or walkers, just so you know, the average doorway for a wheelchair to fit through comfortably is about 36 inches. So you're looking at about $300 to $800 per door. And again, replace the standard light switches with toggle or the rocker type switches where you touch it and it goes up and you touch it and it goes down. That's about 100 under under $500 for that to happen. If you're looking at also renovating your kitchen, for its, so if you have a wheelchair and you want to make it accessible, so the counters are lower, you're changing your stove to have the knobs in the front, you're lowering your cupboards and everything so it's accessible while you're in the wheelchair, the sink and everything, you're looking at about ten dollars to $15,000. You may want to make some modifications to the type of flooring you have. So if your entire home is currently, say, hardwood, you may want to put some carpet in just for you know things to move around or vice versa. So that really depends on the size of the house, the square footage, the quality of material you want to use, but that's the average price. You may want to purchase an adjustable bed because it gets harder to get in and out of the bed. So like a prostopedic bed, roughly $2,000 if you find a good sale, uh, adjust- assistive seating. What this is, is that you have, it's like a lazy boy, but you can actually switch it so it brings you up to an almost standing position. That's about $700 to $5,000, depending on how, how intense you get with the chair. And then if you want to install a ramp from outside your home into the home, you're looking at from $200 to $2,000, depending on if you need just a transition uh, on the steps, just to, you know, if your steps are, are steeper, you can have a transitions installed, or you can actually build a ramp. And then let's not forget, you know, regular home maintenance costs if, home if the home is paid off for you know you have your property tax your utilities your miscellaneous repairs that's about fifteen thousand dollars a year so in total we're looking at you know for care forty eight thousand to sixty thousand a year modifications in the home thirty five to fifty five thousand in total extras say two to nine thousand and then essential home maintenance that is without a mortgage fifteen thousand a year so zamal uh, based on these numbers and again this is just a case scenario that i'm giving you but these are actual numbers i know from working in this realm what do you do for this person um, what do you do for someone how do we plan for this actually right so and i'm sure the that numbers are, the numbers key, are shocking yeah. <laughs> the numbers even as i was doing it, i was like wow i need to get my game on because this is expensive and i want to stay at home <laughs> so you know
1: it's, it's very sobering yeah. these kind of numbers so i mean so let's keep it because we could definitely go down some rabbit holes with regards to different um different scenarios so let's keep the the the, the 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 case the same way we've set it up in terms of so the age so we're talking about so we're making you know making 100k household income right and now we're talking about early 40s right so some of the things that we want to be doing now is just really you know Really having a a strategic but intentional savings plans right across the board. That's you know. So the first thing I'll be looking to do with a couple that have you know that came in with a case study like this is is RSPs, tax-free savings, and non-reg investment. So we'll really do those things, you know, strategically. You know, as as you know, with RSPs, there's only a certain amount you can put in there. Just like tax-free, there's a certain amount. These are government plans. You know, we want to make sure that we're, we're maximizing on those scenarios, right? And I mean, and Mm -hmm. and it's such a, it's such a balance there because you don't want to do it where you're saving for your future at the expense of living right now in the present, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's probably the, 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 the more, the nuance that we have to really get in, 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 in financial planning. That's key because, you know, you know, people get to your point, you know, you look at these and you go, my gosh, I got to start yesterday. You know, but at the same time, we still have to be able to live so you don't get too stressed so you can actually make your money to put into these plans. But definitely um, the strategy would be all those fronts. So registered investments and making sure we have savings plans attached to those. The registered investments, again, are the government programs. So, you know, so your RSPs, your tax freeze, and then the non-registered investments are just that that additional savings that, you know, so, and the difference is one's going to be tax sheltered or tax free in the registered ones. And one is going to be taxed just regularly as investment income. Yes. But if we're able to sort of get those unplanned plan, then, then we start really using the tools available to us as planners to sort of see, if, you know, so we're talking about early forties, we'll sort of do scenarios. What if we retire at 65? What sort of numbers do we have at that state? What if we retire at 70? Early mm-hmm. retired 60. So we'll start to make sure that as we set up these plans with this particular situation, this couple, that that we're seeing how we're tracking, because there has to be some numbers that we're looking to, to hit at a at a certain level. And then, so these are on the side of the couple, but there's also, you know, if they're working, if they're not self-employed as we discussed earlier, then they might have a situation where they have some group benefits, you know. You know, I mean, I know pensions are Few and far between nowadays but if they have a if they're working for a company that happen to have one then that's also going to help you know and then um at the end of the day too we'll be able to add in at the very last part the CPP and all a security i don't expect that to if any of these things but certainly we want to make sure that we we put all all streams that come on online when it's an actual time for retirement and so the good thing is that we have about 20, you know, or so years minimum for this, this particular business case, you know, you know, again, we want the coachability and the mindset to say that, you know what, there's, there's some things that need to get started and then the quicker, the better. So that's the type of conversation we'd have, you know, first, the first conversation is really where's ground zero, where are we right now? Did we start any of these things yet, first yeah. of all, and then sort of say, okay, well, you know, notwithstanding what we want to start, is there any sort of um, debt obligations right now? From the income coming in so it's a, you know it, it's like how do you eat an elephant like it's huge you know but we just we just we just chop away we just have one at a time because if you sort of you, you start with the end in mind and then you just work your way back but it's it's definitely something that once you take the emotional part out of it you know we can get them on track and then we can get started and uh, and see how and see how it
0: goes right right so You know, you're in your 60s or 70s. You probably haven't listened to my show and you've fallen. (laughs) You need to do some modifications because that's affected you. You need to have a stairlift and these different things. Is that where something like a reverse mortgage would kick in for these modifications mm. i know that's a word that a lot of people are <laughs> hesitant There's yes. a with some famous guy right now talking about looking at him like i know you're yeah, rich but... so i don't know what you're talking about but anyways that's another conversation <laughs> that's um yeah
1: yeah no i think you know what you touch a good point and I, I mean it's it's the 800 pound grill in the room we should talk about it because the fact is like this is a. I don't want to say it's the ideal case but the age group here that we just talked to this business case is probably you know not where you your clients are so let's really address that you know and and, and just give some thoughts there And again these are the thoughts you know like you know certainly consult with you know your your financial consultant or whoever you're talking to and you know, get know. To, and get confirmation or get affirmation before you do anything but you know when it comes to when it comes to that when you're at that stage now so you know it might be in re- what would i call retirement transition so you know maybe you're not fully retired but you know it's very close further you're closer to retirement than the, than the beginning right like you know we're talking three to five years out maybe if not already yeah. you know it, the, the options you know for 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 more savings is not as great as it was before that's, yeah. that's just the truth yeah. now that being said you might have some assets now that um that one could monetize and that's you know you know i'm just going to touch on it a little bit with regards to reverse mortgage since you brought it up so it's a way to use your home access equity in your home without having a a monthly payment and you know and you know there's 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 some It's a niche product the first thing i'd sort of say meaning that you know it's definitely something that's on the table that one can consider but it's not the first second or third option in my in my opinion you know really just because there's just some things there that you have to be so fiscally responsible when you look at that particular option you know just to make sure that you you, you you use it like a full tool that it is because if not it can it can really um it can turn on you if you will like and, and you find yourself in a deeper situation but right. um, yeah no the, the, the people who are closer to the retirement are going to have to have a scenario now where we look at you know monetizing and seeing where lump sums could come from so whether it's from equity you know, obviously the reverse mortgage is enticing, t- t- because then how does a senior get a mortgage, even if they're refinancing their own home, right? That's the challenge, right? So that's, yeah. uh, you know, because you have to be able to to, to pay for it, although you're going to take out a lump sum out to your home and tell them that that's going to turn the cash, like the banks, they don't really see the way you're seeing it,
0: yeah. you know, so
1: that's that's the challenge. But, um, yeah, it, it does become tricky, does, and, um, you know, we really have to look at everything at that time and see where all the, the income streams are and then see what if any, a gap is there for what you're doing. But the retrofitting of the home is something that um, is, you know, I know that it's near and dear for people, especially people who've been in their homes for a long time, you know, talking 20, 30, 40 years, yeah, you know, right. like it's, you know, there's a lot of emotional, you know, emotional um, strings attached there. So the longer mm-hmm. they can stay in their home, I think it's it's also a part of that, that mindset and that, that, you know, mm-hmm. having that peace of mind going into retirement too. So, so. So all these things matter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm sure like you, I've seen the best case and the worst case scenarios. I've gone into homes with, uh, I remember one lady, her husband's like 90 something and she was in her eighties. And I mean, it was a picture perfect home for aging in place. Everything was done and they Mm. were comfortable and they looked at me and said, we're not going anywhere. And I can understand that. I've been in homes where someone has recently fallen. And something as simple as the front step was all busted up and cracked up. And I'm saying to the son, you need to fix that, Yeah. but it's probably still not done. So I think another important thing when we talk about financial planning is that your parents, and I'm talking to the younger adult children, your parents have worked all their lives to help you get where you are and for them to live comfortably in their older age. So it's to enable them, a lot of times, either the parents are worrying about what they're leaving, what their legacy is, their will they're leaving mm-hmm. to you, or you have the, the children, unfortunately, who are selfish and worrying about what they're getting left. Mm-hmm. And you really have to remove the selfish part and enable them to live the best life possible with dignity, you know, because they worked to get to this place. So it's, it's being able to enable them, if they're worrying about, oh, well, no, no, this is for you when I'm gone, no, no, no. <laughs> you need to take care like of yourself release
1: them from that feeling right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah because that is something that I definitely see trending so yeah. it's, it's yeah. such an it's such a deep conversation like I say I can think of so many like I said best case and worst case and even in conversations with so many seniors I ask them what advice do you have and they say to me don't get old and I'm like okay well that I can't do <laughs> what else do you have <laughs> right. and then they say make sure you have enough money
1: yeah, and, and have those conversations, to your point. I think it's so important to to have those, um, you know, I call it estate preparedness, right? You know, you just sort of, you know, so it's a conversation saying, yes, you know, what, whatever, when I go, yes, you know, obviously you're going to split it the way you need to split it with the family, you know, as per my will, but, but I'm not gone yet, you know. So, you know, it's really one of those things where if you could you know, it's not about spending it before I leave either, you know, so it's it's to have the tough conversations because unfortunately, you know, you know, you are talking about somebody passing, you know, as a part of the conversation. But if you think about, you know, you know, having it first, then, you know, then then you'll realize how much that they need the release because most times, you know, you know, you know, the the people are older, they have that traditional view of stuff, right? You know, the kids, you know, once a kid, always a kid, and that's true, but but you know, adult children are all different. That uh, you know, we know how that goes, and you don't have to just sort of let let those let your parents know. And it's a two way conversation. Listen, you know, mom, dad, you guys, you know, be comfortable now. Don't worry about me and my brother John, right? Like, you know, we're yeah. gonna. You know, no, that, know. that's
0: that's a real talk conversation, it's right real there. Real talk,
1: exactly. And it's it's I mean, sometimes even you, you just have to fake it till you make it too, just to let them feel better about themselves, right? Because that alone is going to help their mindset. You know, even when it comes to probably- you know like you said retrofitting the home if they want to stay there would even get into other scenarios where you know it's time to actually eventually leave the home right but you know yeah. the longer they can stay in their home i find too this is i don't know if you've seen this but i've seen this amongst clients too the more happier they're too right because yes. again it's, it's, it's all that has to do with the fear of change too yep. so you know it's already big enough to sort of retire and go to you know after 40 you know years working you know you're in this different life stage but no, you have to change again from a house that you lived in for 40 years yeah. to a new thing so it's you just have to sort of give them a little chance to, to adapt and, and you know and get comfortable in one situation and, and that's why staying in the home as long as possible even with the retrofitting of it is, is, is the good scenario it's, for them.
0: yeah i mean my mind has my mindset it's one thing that caused me to transition in, into home modifications and home safety a lot has opened my eyes during this pandemic and the reality of being in a shared space with so many people and caregivers coming in and out, that's where the most deaths are occurring. It's a fact. I'm speaking facts here. It's just and it's changed, it's changed my mindset so much, which is why I'm fully advocating for the government to, you know, forget about pouring money into healthcare and building more homes. People have homes. There's not enough. Yes. People, there's not, most people cannot afford to go into a retirement residence proper because that's going to cost about five, six grand or more a month. Mm-hmm. They cannot. So you know, let's look at home modifications. Let's look at bringing home care home. And let's look at bringing them the things they need within their own home, enabling them to have the exercise programs, whatever it is they need, let's enable them to, because really we can't keep up with the growth. And we're just at the tip of that. (laughs) When the baby boomers really start to, we're just at the tip and look at the problem we're having. Can you imagine if this happened 10, 15 years from now when we have more older people?
1: Yeah. And you're making such good points. And I mean, and you're, you're so right though. Corona, the COVID pandemic here has really put another highlight on, on how much we're not ready for this in the sense that like, you know, it's, it's all the people are dying, but it's all the people in, it's, it's not all the people in their homes. So it's really, it's really to your point showing or proving the point that you've been making, you know, an avocation that you've been doing because, um, it's what's needed. Like, you know, it's people who are in you know, a situation, you know, whether they just got there they've been there a long time, it's still in their mind. The mindset is like, mm-hmm. I am by myself, right? You know, and, and, and it's not a place to be, you know. And obviously, we've seen the effects of what it would take to sort of just, you know, because not much that's needed, but something like Corona really, really showed that, that you know, that's, that it's, it can hit you out of the box, right? So it's, yeah, no, you're, you're so right. You're so right. It's the
0: isolation. And I can't believe what it'd be like to be in, in, in one of these places. Where you're seeing this one down the road dying from you this one dying this one like that's so scary and then you know once there's a breakout i know personally everyone's getting tested that's not a comfortable test so they all have to keep going through this they can't see their family they can't you know have all their comforts it's very frightening it is it so is. we really have to take note and and start planning this is why i put the numbers out there because people most people even when i worked in home care. They call they have no clue what it costs they don't even have a clue what the government is able to offer them and how to get that and maximize that because i didn't mention in the numbers but once you have the government care it saves you your hst on the home care right. nonetheless right. home care is a luxury it is a luxury to have private care of course you know at you see the hourly rates it, it's a luxury so it's it's definitely it's a numbers game and it's something that we like i said even me I I know the numbers, but when I put it on paper, it was like, whoa, okay, hold on a second. You write them down, yeah. Oh, yeah. it It really had me shook. I have a question from a viewer. Sure. Can you give us some examples of balancing savings planning and living and enjoying your life?
1: That depends if you have champagne taste or beer taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah. No, but you're right. You know what? Like there's, <laughs> There could be two different sides of the, the, you know, there's a range of examples, I guess. And I mean, you know, you know, as much as we laugh at that part, like you're right. It really has to do with a, a personal situation, right? So I always tell people it's not because you make more money mean that you're in a better position, right? It's what you're doing with the money that you're making. So, the, you know, the tie I'm um, give an example. I'd sort of say by budgeting, this is how you get balance. Budgeting brings balance. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, we know that the money is coming in from work and you know what that is every two weeks and the situation there. Now we need to just manage our outflows, and that's what we're talking about. So if we're able to, to to do better at, you know, watching where we spend, and you know, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to say penny pinch, but certainly have a better awareness. So, you know, if you're a Starbucks person, for example, you know, like you know, I have nothing against Starbucks, you know, you know, but certainly I just know that their 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 coffee is not two dollars. So, you know, they so, captured
0: the teenage market very well as well.
1: Like yeah, right. my, my 10-year-old teenager. <laughs> <Right. thing, right? laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, so things like those. So you things you might have to want to be and, and that's all discipline is it's just drawing in some things that you know what, I don't really need that, but I like having it, you know. But but now that we're talking about saving and planning. I know I really need that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just really looking at prioritizing the spend, you know, mm-hmm. so, so we're getting the money in, you know, how do I prioritize the spend? Well, first, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, pay yourself first, you know, and, and pay yourself first doesn't mean to spend on luxury it means actually that money, invest that money first, mm-hmm. right? You know, so after your are tithing, obviously you figure out oh, that comes right off. I, I always forget about that because I do it automatically, but that's a part of it. And then you know, then you put away extra amount, and then you and then you still you still live, so you know, maybe and, and it's not a switch, so maybe you don't, you know, if you used to do it daily, you know, maybe you don't cut it right off because that's not realistic, you know, you cut down to three times a week, you know, and then eventually, but it's a it's a it's an intentional way to sort of get a balance, it does start with the yeah, yeah,
0: no, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I know another piece of advice I heard was make yourself a bill. So you have your cell phone bill. You have I see, this I like that. bill. Uh, yeah.
1: It's just the and practice of those. Which bills you're going right? yeah. to pay, right? Yeah. 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 So pay Desiree bill for it. It's mile bill for it. You know, that's exactly.
0: For. Yeah. exactly. 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 Uh, I don't see any other questions coming mm-hmm. in yet, but I have another one for you. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. So financial literacy is not something taught in school. No, unfortunately. No. This is such a relevant topic. Are you aware of any financial literacy programs for teens and young adults? Because it should be something I think that starts, you know, like I think of how much money and how many opportunities I had back when I was 16, 18 and what I did with it. (laughs) I (laughs) wish I had the knowledge that I have now. So are you aware of any programs like that?
1: Right. No, it's easy. And you make a good point. And, you know, it's something that we should keep lobbying to have them do in schools, unfortunately. You know, it's not there yet to be, you know, but there's certainly... There's certainly, you know, organizations that 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 would have, you know, are trying to get programs out there at least for communities, so community-based organizations, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know so, those those are the way we try to source those through, like, cause it takes it, it takes that that purposeful drive to to ask the question, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're waiting for it to fall on the plate or for the schools to go, you know, like we just have to take those reins and just. And just really make those calls, you know, fighting yeah. one-on-one, you know, pointing, you know, yeah. About yeah these things. So, so there's organizations that guarantee you that um that are that that would have some literacy, financial literacy program attached to it, or know yeah. how to lead yeah. in the right direction, you know. So you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I know mean, there's the Canadian Association of Urban Financial Professionals CAFI mm-hmm. that um that that has a program, you know, through our, our community outreach there that um that, that is for 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 young adults like you know for for those teenagers and and and, um, those going into university so (laughs) programs like those are out there for sure
0: yeah i know my daughter a friend of ours um he he's a accountant cga Mm. he started investing from very young and he has a program he does with kids from like 13 to 18 Mm -hmm. on investing in the stock market so she went through that program and she had some money sitting in her account and i had her actually take 200 was it 200 and invest it in stocks, and Man, she's made like 80 bucks on it already. Better
1: than a bank account. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, anything we better than a bank account, even you know, because we don't pay the bank goes don't pay anything right now. Exactly. So, but well, that's, some, that's great though. But it's, 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 it's those are the things that we're talking about, just you know, just those little insights, right? Just to sort of plant yeah. the seed for them. Those are you know, yeah. so when they see it working, like you said, you know, with Dream, like she sees that she'll never forget that like i mean that's that's you know yeah yeah, it's it's indelible impression upon her now and um and you know that's something that i'm sure she'll go back to if she Mm -hmm. she didn't leave i don't think she would even finish doing that so that's awesome
0: and Mm -hmm. it's also something that i think one of the biggest fears people have with financial advising is having that money conversation as we said but if if you don't have as much fear when you're younger because you haven't been battle-hardened from all life stuff Right. So if you're comfortable with it when you're younger and when she gets to a point where, you know, she has a career or they get to a career, they're okay coming to someone like you and saying, look, <laughs> you know, yeah. you say to them, what is your risk tolerance? Right. I've been yeah. doing this since I was 16. I can tolerate.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> so right. It, but even just it, having the conversation too, right? You know, just yeah. say, you yeah, you know what, you know, this is not what I do in my nine to five. So I understand that I need somebody to come alongside, but I have some knowledge. I would just want to build on that. You know, exactly. and that's what we really want to start is to have that generation, you know, start doing that from now. So when they become seniors, you know, they're, you know, yeah. then not trying to put you out of a job that you know, still a far way away, but, but, but certainly, you know, the generation behind us should be, should be greater seniors as a result of the things that we're doing now.
0: Exactly. I have another question coming mm-hmm. in. Do you know of any automatic processes to save that work really well?
1: So, I mean... In general, what you, what you want to do is set it set up your savings plans to to probably coordinate with when you actually get your your inflows. So you know most people get get a direct deposit for work, for example. I'm assuming this is what we're talking about. So you know what what you want to do is you know before that money starts to get split up to the different bills and whatnot, you know. So if you could set up an automatic savings plan at the same time that your automatically deposit went in. The then that's how you know exactly i like to call it forced savings right yes. so you know without you thinking about how much am i going to put away in my you know my you know my zamal bill or my des bill this month or this yeah. two week yeah. period, you already did it automatically so it, you know at the end of the day you know on the other side of where it's getting invested is, is, is the second priority the first one is to actually get the money into an investment right so that's yeah. the key. so and then there's different you know values that or advantages of doing that, you know, dollar cost averaging is the biggest part. Where you know, if you're buying a mutual fund, for example, in this for savings or continuous savings plan,
0: you know, okay. if you're not
1: going to something that every day the price is different, so sometimes you get more units, sometimes you get less for your 25 or 50 dollars or whatever we're saving, but over mm-hmm. a long period of time, you always get what's called the lowest average cost because you're doing okay. it so, so right. At least some advantages of um of doing the automatic
0: savings or continuous savings. Awesome. 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 Next question for you. We're almost wrapping wow. it up. Soon. Awesome. What do you want your legacy to be? What do I want your like. What do you want your legacy Island. Wow. To be?
1: That's a loaded question. Oprah, I mean.
0: Oprah Winfrey once said, "Your legacy <laughs> based on how many lives you touch." Right, You're right. you are a lot of lives. What do you want your legacy to be? Powerful.
1: I think I started to say it a little bit towards the end before we answer that last question. I think I, I definitely know that a part of the legacy is to is to get you know another generation, the generation behind us. I really believe that the generation behind us would be you know so much more. Enabled to to approach these things like getting older, how to you know how to finance or how to how to how to facilitate the things that you need to do in those things by what we're doing for them right now. So part of my legacy is you know I'm I'm a big advocate for for those things for 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 sharing information for financial literacy as, as you spoke about as well. Because, you know you know I'm also the belief that you know if somebody had told me way back when you know, we would have been so much further ahead right now, right? So so my legacy is just really, you know, you know, being able to to, to impact as many as I could, you know, with information, you know, experiential knowledge that I've gained over these, you know, twenty two plus years in banking, so they can be a better, a better generation and, and be better contributors to the community. You
0: meant to that. You mentioned mm-hmm. that. Do you? We have a top fan named Antoinette Duncan. <laughs> a shout out to her because she is yes. a top fan, so she gets that. Hello. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any closing nuggets for us that we can take away from this? We said so much. Mm-hmm. but How do we really?
1: keep take. Eh?
0: Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what? It's, it's 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 it has been a lot. You know, the the biggest thing is you know not to feel overwhelmed by the whole thing but just really just start wherever you can start again you know it's really you know how do you how do you you know complete a race you just have to put one foot in front of the other. so Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: the first step is always the hardest
0: you Mm -hmm. know so
1: so i encourage everyone to 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 make the first step so what is that first step it could be different things for different people you know but if it's you've never started to save yet then the first step is to step towards saving you know like get into a position where you're going to actually you know put yourself as a priority and start to put some stuff away for you right and and, then sometimes it takes from you know things that are probably not you know not not as lasting or very temporary that you're doing right now and sometimes you have to rejig that money around but know that it's you know it's for a greater cause so you know they say you know, when you're working out, it's one of the things they say is in a short term pain for the long game. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it's really just mindsets, you know, like so, 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 so the takeaway is just to really try and get into a mindset where, you know, you're no longer just a hundred percent, you know, consumer, but now you're going to try and be, you know, somebody that's going to have the ability to be an investor. And for that, you're going to need to have that, 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 that egg, that, that, that start, that seed, if you will. So, you know, just, just get started. I mean, you know, if you're already started, continue to, at least every year. Now that we're coming up to the end of the year, increase it every year. Try and just make that push. That's how you make a muscle grow. You gotta have it tear. You gotta stretch. So yep. you know if you're doing twenty-five dollars for the last two years, three years. Then let's get it to another figure. Look at your budget. You know, be be real. Be you know, be you know, be be authentic for yourself as you're looking at. You know what? I don't actually have to spend on here. I can actually increase this from twenty-five to fifty. It's going to be better in the end, uh, you know, so that's, that's the greatest thing. Just know it's hard to see, it, you know, around the corner, but I, but I've spoken to many people who have been around the corner and, you know, they are saying, you know, in retrospect, I should have done X, Y, Z. So that's, that's, that's what I'd say.
0: Yeah. And definitely, I, I think COVID has shown us what we need and we don't need. I haven't bought yeah. any shoes in a whole year. I <laughs> There's so many things you're, I have you're not here.
1: You're still, you're still breathing, right, like That's You're all right. Really? And you so don't have that it, tick anymore. Like you not,
0: don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But honestly, it has forced us into a mode. Yeah. If you're paying attention to realize what's important, what's not, and I think it, it's it is a form of forced savings. Yes. Because yes. we can't go nowhere. If you're listening, yes. the so <laughs> definitely. So, Ma, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. My please pleasure.
1: Stay
0: on the line with us. I do want to just share some final awesome. closing closing words here. So I cannot begin to stress how much helping yourself, a spouse or an aging parent to avoid falls goes a long way towards preserving health and independence, which is why you need to exercise daily. You need to have your eyes checked yearly. You need to monitor your diet daily. You need to monitor your medications anytime there's a change, even if it's non-prescription. You need to have your home inspected for safety hazards yearly. Life has no guarantees, however, we all have the power within us and the knowledge which is all around you to do better. There's a saying, you don't know what you don't know until you know. You now know what you need to do to preserve your health as best as you can. You now know the costs should the what ifs happen. The choice is yours. I will highlight that the information shared in this show is for general information purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting with the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. Sorry, okay. For, so for many insurance is a mystery. What is the difference between life insurance and long-term care insurance? What illnesses are covered by critical critical illness insurance? What are the types of disability insurance? What are the recommended types of insurance for seniors? It's time to take the mystery out of insurance. Join me, Desiree King, and Andrew McDonald tomorrow as we discuss the 411 on insurance for seniors. Thank you for joining us. Remember that all our discussions can also be found on YouTube, on the Senior Living 411 Incorporated channel, or on the Senior Living 411 podcast. Please remember to like this broadcast, share this broadcast, or subscribe to this broadcast, and follow the Senior Living 411 Incorporated Facebook page and join the Senior Living 411 series private Facebook group. Once again, I'm back here on the screen with Zamal. I want to thank you so much, Zamal, for taking the time out. You do so much. Thank you for joining. This has been a wonderful uh, time having you on the show again. And everyone have a wonderful, blessed evening. And I will see you tomorrow for day 30 in my 30-day quest to bring information to you every night.